Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast from a very dark room in Salt Lake City, Utah. I decided to make the ambiance, you know, we're in October, Mason. I decided to make my ambiance spooky, so that's that's kind of uh, why I'm going with this tonight, but also because well, as soon as I get this converted and edited and up on the podcast feed, I am going to bed. It is going to be, it's a big day. Here in the state of Utah for college football tomorrow, Utah USC obviously has some national juice behind it. BYU is playing an SEC school, and uh, Utah State is playing as well. So busy day tomorrow. But how are you doing? Pretty well. It's been a long week, but you know, it's uh, it's Bills Chiefs week, so you know, exciting start to a weekend that it will be anxiety ridden until the game finally starts. Absolutely. Let let me tell you something about this slate, this week six slate. On paper, is it the best? No. But I feel like we have one of these weeks every year where people are like, man, these games stink. And it ends up really delivering and being the best week of the year. Last year, I remember it was like week three or so that, that ended up being great. This year... We're going to have like four weeks this year that are just otherworldly, where all the games are super competitive and there's a ton to talk about. I'm calling my shot right now, Mason. It's been a kind of lackluster regular season Sunday daytime product. This is the week that changes. This is the week that we get competitive, close games all over the board incredible witching hours and we have some incredible standalone games in the afternoon and bill's chiefs and hey i you know i'm excited for cardinal seahawks i think that's gonna be a little bit of a a shootout so yeah i i think that this might end up being a week we look back on and saying wow this uh, that really was a great week of football so i think we have a lot to look forward to you know, I think you're kind of right about that because, you know, if you look at a lot of the matchups that are going on this week and you take into account kind of like aggregate power ranking scores and stuff like that, a lot of like the top end teams are playing each other and a lot of the bottom end teams are playing each other and a lot of kind of those middle of the pack teams are playing each other. I think there's a lot of availability for some, you know, games to really come down to the wire this week. I think you're definitely right about that. It might be one of the best weeks of football we get. Yeah, let's hope that's the case because we, we've had, I feel like we've had some subpar weeks of football. And maybe let's get some scoring too now. Like, let's let's get some scoring up because uh, once again, last week, I believe there were only like six teams that cracked 30 points, which was a little bit disappointing. Let's start with it. Let's just get to it right away. It is Bill's Chiefs. It is... A rematch everyone has been looking forward to since last January. It is likely, as far as we've seen this year, a preview of the AFC Championship this year. Bills Chiefs, 225, Tony Romo, Phil Simms. The whole nation gets it. The whole nation gets it. It's nationally televised. There's no competition at least in this market 
CBS has one afternoon game that they are showing, and it is this afternoon game. So we take a look and we say, what can we expect from this game? Because, boy, oh, boy, look at that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a home underdog. How scared are you, Mason? Because if I saw that, I would be very, very scared. I mean, even without that information, it's a a very nerve-wracking thing to go against a a team that, you know, is very similar to the Bills where they can just turn it on and put 20-some-odd points on you in the blink of an eye. And so it's the game is just absolutely never over with them. And just this extra fodder is just unnecessary for them to be the home underdog. Like I know last week Von Miller was talking on his podcast about like, oh, nobody cares about the spread. Well, maybe nobody cares about the spread, but I'm sure that whoever's favored, they give a little bit of a crap about. So uh, just he did not need that fuel for this week. Here's a scary stat, scary gambling stat for you. Uh, when an underdog in his career, Patrick Mahomes is 7-0-1. Oh, wow. So that, that is an incredible against, stat. Against the spread. So that doesn't mean he won all those games, but he is incre- incredible at covering when he's an underdog. Hence why one of my, I, I think, picks this week is going to be Chiefs plus two and a half. But the Bills, man, the Bills are crazy. You wrote about it this week on on the NFL blog, and it's just like, I'm jealous, man. Every single week, like, now you got, I'm pretty sure, I want to make sure I get this right, but now you got rookie Khalil Shakir stepping up. I remember Khalil Shakir. I'm a Mountain West guy. I believe he played at Boise State, correct? I believe that is correct. I think yeah, he stepped up. He stepped up big. I mean, he mossed three guys. He took one away for a touchdown. I mean, he's, he's looking good. He was looking good in the preseason too. Like he, and he got a lot more play then because our starters barely played any of the preseason at all. And so like a lot of bills fans were talking about him throughout the entire preseason, but it's hard to get him on the field when there's such a deep wide receiver room in front of him. It really took a couple of injuries to get him that starting role. And he, Really took it. I mean, he had that one drop that hit him dead on in the chest. But other than that, he was impressive. And that's, again, that's like, a. I feel like it was more of a concentration mistake. Like he was ready to take that ball, turn it up field and go. And he just didn't complete the catch before he did it. So I'm not going to hold that against him on his first uh, NFL start. He was impressive. And I mean, if, if the Bills have anything really going for them too, they're getting healthy at the absolute right time for this game. I mean, Ed Oliver is coming back. Jordan Poyer is coming back, which were two standouts in the first couple of games before they got taken out. And I mean, Jordan Poyer has been back, but and leading the league in interceptions for a guy who's missed two games. It's it's I'm I'm very excited for where the Bills are at right now, like full strength wise to take on the Chiefs. It's going to be a really good game. And other fun stat I saw. Josh Allen currently has more yards of offense than 25 NFL teams. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, these are the one and two leaders in touchdown passes this year. 15 for Patrick yep. Mahomes, 14 for Josh Allen. 
My guy, Lamar Jackson, not far behind with 12, just one point. Nope. No. Uh, no, Lamar Jackson, honestly, having a pretty good year outside of the couple of hard times he's had. Yep, yep. So just want to point that out really quick. Uh, preseason Eric's preseason MVP pick. Not too bad, not too shabby. Uh, but uh, He might get a vote. He might get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of season left. A lot of season left. But a game like this, Bills Chiefs, always hyped up. Rarely do they kind of live up to the hype offensively. I think there's a chance both these defenses show out in this game where these teams saw each other late in January last year, have known the coaching staffs. This is, they won't admit it publicly, but you know that Andy Reid and Sean McDermott privately to their coaching staffs have said, hey, look, we have the talent to win the Super Bowl this year. And to get there, we need to beat the Bills. And to get there, we need to beat the Chiefs. So these two teams, I bet, all offseason since that playoff game have been going over that tape, looking and seeing, okay, we both had electric offenses in that game. What can we do on the defensive side to shut these teams down? Uh, let, let me tell you something. Over under here at 54 points, I'm tempted to take the under. It, it feels like, and as you point out, the Bills often playing games that go under. Am I crazy yeah, to feel? Am I crazy to feel this way, man? I, I just feel like there is a chance that we get a great game that does go back and forth, and each quarterback, you know, has you know three passing touchdowns and three hundred yards. But it does feel like maybe we have two teams that. They both maybe get to 30, but I don't see this being a barn burner where both teams break 40 points. Yeah, I I think, you know, the only way I think the over ends up genuinely getting hit is if Buffalo takes advantage of the deep ball in the secondary, kind of the way that Derek Carr was kind of effectively doing, because I think Gabe Davis could kind of replicate that. I mean, he did it on a couple of routes, even during the Steelers game where they tried to do that bracket coverage and he just beat it over the top repeatedly. And, and if they do that a couple of times that puts chiefs in a bad position and that is the worst place to be as their opponent. And then, you know, shootout ensues i think from that point but with how stable both defenses have been outside of you know that one issue with uh, the chief secondary i i think you do have a a pretty strong case for the under on this one i think you know this is probably like a, a 28 to 25 sort of a game somewhere in that territory it does come down to the last possession but it really is like a struggle to to get those every one of the end zone and probably lots of those long arduous drives that take up eight to 10 minutes of clock time, because that's what they both defensive have shown to do to one another to at least some effect. Yeah, that's, a, that's another fair point as well. I was super impressed with the deep passing game last week. And that, that does feel like where Gabe Davis excels well i feel like the short game is like the total opposite for the chiefs i saw a depth of target for touchdowns 
all of Patrick Mahomes are like within five yards. It's absolutely yeah, he's, crazy. He's starting to hit the mid range, like er, kind of early in his career and early last year. There were <laughs> moments where he really struggled playing this kind of two deep coverage that that he sees most of the time. But really towards the end of last season, and I think you can really point it out in that Bills game when he started to see it more and more he just figured out how to get it to his weapons underneath and he doesn't have a guy like Tyreek Hill anymore and that's that's a big big problem for them in the long term but I think for a game like this they're going to be able to take what what the Bills give them underneath I have not paid super close attention to the Bills linebackers this year how are they playing going into this game because that feels like it could be a really key matchup because here's Here's the other thing, uh, Mason, and I tweeted this out during like the game last week when the Chiefs were on Monday night. It feels like at this point, everyone knows the Chiefs are going to Travis Kelsey and just no one can stop it. Like, yeah. like several times in that Raiders game, he scores three touchdowns. And on all three of them, you look at almost every one of them and you say, they're all over him. Like they're covering this really, really well. And it just doesn't matter because Travis Kelsey is a monster and Patrick Mahomes has figured out how to hit the mid range stuff as one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. It, it, it just feels extremely tough to defend that aspect of the chiefs right now. And I think they'll be able to he- eat that way against the bills. So, um, Tremaine Edmonds, I feel like occasionally is a liability when it comes to coverage. He doesn't seem as fast. It's not good. As, 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 no, it's not. But they it's don't usually good. ask him to cover. They don't usually ask him to cover, which is nice. He usually is defending the box. Usually the guy who comes downhill. And he makes a lot of first contact with runners, and he gets the tackle. So he's good at that. Matt Milano, I genuinely think you would hear some talk about him in the defensive MVP category, if it weren't for the fact that our defense is so loaded with other talent that constantly gets talked about. He has probably, he's probably averaging three or four tackles for loss per game. The dude is an absolute wrecker. He stops so many plays before they can possibly happen. And he cleans up so many back ends of plays. I'm pretty sure he's leading the team with tackles like he almost always does. He is an incredible linebacker and he doesn't get nearly enough credit again i just think it's because there's so much talent elsewhere that it's really hard to give him the pop that he necessarily deserves that being said travis kelsey's a freaking animal (laughs) when you can score four touchdowns on 25 total yards i don't know what else to do about that like I know that our defense is better than the Raiders' defense, and so hopefully they'll have more answers for it than that. But he's so good, and he's proven to be so good on so many times where it's just like you know he's going to get the ball. He gets the ball anyway. Yeah. You know, he's just one of those guys that that sometimes execution, play calling, none of it matters. It's just he's better than you. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough, tough, tough one, man. It, it, he is a real problem right now for for everyone. Well, I I think we gotta we gotta pick this. Um, 
I'll let you go first, and I got to pull up because I, I did blog about this earlier today, so I want to be consistent across uh, what I put out, so I need to double-check what I said. But what what do you think about this one? Uh, so, I'm looking at it realistically, I think it is going to come down to, I think it's going to be 28-24 bills, and I think it's going to be last possession drive, you know, finish it off. They've, they've, the one thing that they showed that they've definitely learned is clock management. That 13 second BS is never going to happen again because they're never going to put themselves in a position to give somebody that 13 seconds to do it again. They, they showed it in the Baltimore game when they needed a yard and a half and keep themselves one yard away from a, a touchdown to make sure that they got to finish a game on their terms and they did it. So I trust them to do it again. I'm going to go Bills 35, Chiefs 33, I think. That would be a nice shootout. Uh, I, I I do think it is a shootout. So what I said earlier about maybe taking me under, I'm just never going to take me under personally. Uh, I mean, just, it's, it's, it's Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. So it genuinely is hard to imagine that the under is going to get hit just because, it, again, the two, two guys at quarterback. It's against my principles as a human being. To, to really to really bet the under so bills chiefs <laughs> no take, you know i think there's some mental thing against betting the under i think i don't think nobody wants to bet the under because they just don't want it. you don't you're not rooting for yeah why would you nine. have a root for a bad game i mean it's yeah just, you want yeah. it 45 to 42 you know that's what the dream is it's just touchdown after touchdown although i will say this don't think either team breaks any higher than 35 I think 35 is the cap here. I think these defenses are too good. I don't think we see either team get to 40 points. So uh, that that's what I'll say about that one. All right, let's quickly hit some of the other games here. Let's just do Sunday night right now. Cowboys-Eagles. Now, I, I've been saying this all week. If you and I would have talked four weeks ago, you know, after of that first that first uh, Friday that we chatted after Rams Bills. And you would have said, Eric, the game outside of Chiefs Bills, you're going to be sort of the most excited for in week six is going to be the Cowboys and the Eagles. I would have said you're crazy. But I'm really excited for this game. I mean, I, I know Cooper Rush isn't great, but this Cowboys defense is absolutely elite. And everyone coming out here and saying like, oh, but the Eagles have a great offensive line. That's okay. I agree. I think they have a great offensive line. I think they, they have a great group. But I think the Cardinals last week and the – who'd they play before the Cardinals? Help me out here, Mason. Vikings? Viking? No, no. That was – Was that the one before? No, no. That was the one before. Who, who were the last two? Okay. Uh, Cardinals? Uh, as I click on the link, just to the Cardinals and the Jaguars. Jaguars. Even though the Cardinals and the Jaguars were able to slow this offense down, they were. They were able to kind of keep it in closer check. Only 29 points against the Jags, only 20 points against the Cardinals. I really do think the Cowboys have a real shot to win this game because I think people are saying – the Eagles offensive line is just going to come out and dominate. And I don't think people fully realize how great the Cowboys defense is. I think it's 
arguably the number one unit in the NFL. And I think they're going to come out in primetime and they're going to show it. I think that they hold the Eagles to under 30 points fairly easily. And I, I think they make life hard for Jalen Hurts and this crew. Yeah, I think the one thing that um, the Eagles can definitely say they haven't done is face something to you like Micah Parsons yet. And I think that's going to be a real test for them. I mean, he's unreal. I, yeah, the whole Cowboys defense has genuinely been so, so good this year to be carrying Cooper Rush effectively through all of these wins and really giving the Cowboys that time to just let Dak sit and, and get healthy like that has got to be such a godsend for them. Yeah. I just want to see how, how this ends up playing out because I do think the Cowboys might be able to get the running game going if they get Tony Pollard involved more as they have in recent weeks. I do think Cooper Rush can do just enough to keep them in this game. And I do think this game is going to be ugly. I do think both these teams are going to be hanging around between 20 and 24 points. And I don't think they're going to break that uh, because they're just two really good defenses. And while we might get a shootout in Bill's Chiefs, I think we're going to get a defensive showdown on Sunday night football. And I, I think but this is not going to be a game that on Monday people are like, oh my gosh, another bad Sunday night football game. I think this game is going to be genuinely entertaining and, and 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 very close. No, I totally agree with you. I think that whoever scores 20, honestly, is the one who ends up winning this game. And like you said, it's not going to be one of those like really painful watches like the past couple of Thursday nights have been because it's not going to be a product of bad offense. It's going to be a product of really good defense. And that's fun to watch, too, sometimes. It's just, again, when it's paired with drop after drop and missed throw, that's not as entertaining. But again, both of these offenses have proven that they can be quality enough to win a game. So... Cardinals, Seahawks. I want to touch on this one really quickly. Oh, before we do, let's just pick the Eagles, Cowboys. Uh, I'll go first. I think it's the Cowboys 24, Eagles 21. As much as I hate myself for picking the Cowboys a little bit, uh, it's Cowboys 21, Eagles 18. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, Cardinals, Seahawks. Listen, I just have to choose this one because it's Geno Smith who has looked incredible over the past three weeks. And it's the Cardinals who are sometimes a, met, a mess offensively, but still overall for as much heat as I give Kyler Murray against bad defenses, he plays really well. The Seahawks are such a bad defense, um, Mason. I would argue the Seahawks are the worst defense in the entire NFL. I'm picking this game to talk about purely because the Cardinals have kind of owned this matchup for the past few years, but I really do think this is the Seahawks' shot to get back in the wing column. And I, I do think this is going to be a highly entertaining shootout and – we get to see Kenneth Walker III, a guy who's been hyped up a lot. He had the first kind of first quarter of the season to get his feet wet, get into the NFL regimen. 
And unfortunately now Rashad Penny out for the year. So let's see what Kenneth Walker III can do now. And let's see if the Seahawks offense becomes even, I cannot believe I'm saying this about the Seahawks offense, even more explosive. It it feels unbelievable to be talking about Geno Smith in any capacity that involves any of the words that we're using him for this year, but they're all accurate. He's been absolutely outstanding so far this year, and I would I would love to see it continue against who are an extremely inconsistent and I, I mean at this point kind of sloppy Cardinals team. I, you know I understand having mental errors and mistakes, but for the coaching staff and the quarterback to kind of be at odds with one another over whose fault the mistake was. And, you know, rather than just being like, yep, it was a mistake. We own it. We move on. Like, that's not really a great look. I think otherwise though, you know, it's, it, it could prove to be again, another really nice shootout of a game with some not so great defense and some really excellent offense and who knows, Car- uh, Kyler Murray's always good for uh, a magical play or two just to make things really entertaining. Yeah, I think this will be a good one. I do think Kyler Murray comes out and play plays well in this one, but ultimately I do think the Seahawks kind of run away with this because I, I think they'll get it figured out. And ultimately I do think the Cardinals are hurting without DeAndre Hopkins. I may get him back next week, but – this is kind of a must win for them because if they can somehow end up three and three and get DeAndre Hopkins back, we kind of have to look at the Cardinals in a different light. And their their schedule coming up, if I'm not mistaken, is is pretty tough. Yeah, Saints, Vikings, and then the Seahawks again. So this is a must win for the Cardinals if they want to stay relevant in in the playoff hunt. But if the Seahawks ever get got this win, I mean, maybe three and three. And who would have ever thought we'd be sitting at almost two weeks away from the halfway point of the season and saying, oh, look at the Seahawks. They're three and three. Let's pick this one. I'm going Seahawks. I'm just going to continue to pick Geno. Seahawks 42, Cardinals 21. Ooh, blowout. Uh, I'm a little less bullish. Oh, you cut out, man. Mason has frozen for just half a second. Yeah. He's coming back. Here he is. He's back. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, Seahawks 35, Cardinals 31. I think I'm going to see a nice game on that one. Okay. I like that as well. Last game I want to talk about. Just humor me here. I want to talk about the Jets. I, do, I know the national media is kind of falling in love with the Jets a little too early, maybe. But I just want to get your sense. How how do you think this game is going to play out? The Jets go to Lambeau. The Packers have not looked good throwing the football. The Jets have played really well in the secondary. Sauce Gardner has all the sauce. He is playing extremely well right now. He looks like an absolute superstar. I had this debate with Trey on last on the last episode. I do think the Jets are a real competent football team. I think potentially them covering a touchdown deficit is definitely in the cards here. I really, you know, it's been kind of under-heralded, but I've liked the way Zach Wilson has played over the last 
two weeks. He's just not overwhelmed. He looks comfortable and he he hits the open throws. And if you can hit the open throws, that's a sign that you're going to be a decent NFL quarterback. I do think that there's a chance that this thing is close and low scoring and back and forth and kind of fun. How how do you see this game? Am I crazy to be as hyped up on the Jets as I am? Or are the Jets going to do a classic Jets thing and get blown out and let me down and, 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 and be three and three? Which, honestly, wouldn't be shocked if that happens, but wouldn't be shocked if it was close either. I just think this is one of the most fascinating games of the week. And it's televised here in my market. So I I, I, I am going to watch this one. I think from start well, to finish, I think I'll pass on red zone this week. Well, as much as it, again, makes me sick to think about, man, the Jets do honestly look kind of good. And, you know, I get last week they were playing a really banged up Dolphins team, but you don't just lay 40 points on a team like that. That's not something you just do out of the blue with no talent at all. And Brees Hall has looked absolutely excellent he has done really well I mean their whole draft class really seems like it's panning out pretty nicely for them and so that's all you can really hope for to get kind of your team off the ground and running and honestly at this point it would not surprise me at all to see the Jets end this season with eight or nine wins and you know I think in the AFC that still puts you decently outside of the playoffs but Eight or nine wins is a pretty nice get for a Jets team that was really looking bad. I mean, even at the beginning of this year. Yeah. I'm curious and to see how it the plays Packers out, how it plays out. I'm I'm concerned about the Packers. I'm just, I am too. I'm just flat out concerned. Like I I get that Aaron Rodgers, if he ever lost this game, well he'll come out and he'll say, "Guys, relax." I don't think you can say that this year. Because I don't know if he year, will. The plants are clouding his brain, maybe. I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, but those other years, too, you have this guy named Devontae Adams, who, who was pretty yeah. good, but you can sure. kind of fall back on and say, hey, we've got a star wide receiver, and he's going to get open each week. And he and Aaron Rodgers have an absolutely telepathic connection. That That isn't there anymore. And these rookies don't seem to be figuring it out. And Rodgers doesn't really seem to be figuring it out with them. And it's kind of like, oh, there, there's going to be some growing pains this season. And, you know, he still has, he still looks like a decent passer, 1,157 yards. But he, here's where I get concerned. He only has eight touchdown throws in in nearly six weeks. For Aaron Rodgers, that's, that's crazy. That... That that number is so low. That's like barely a touchdown and a half per game. Like, that's not normal for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think I'm not saying he's fallen off or anything, but I think that he he is a human. And without great talent around him, and I don't think there's great talent around him, they struggle. And the other thing was we hyped up this Packers defense, but so far they've looked soft and. Like people can kind of push them around, so I I I like the Jets in this one. Uh, I'll let you respond to the, what I said about the Packers, but also give your pick here. I'll say Jets twenty-seven, Packers twenty. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, their defense really has just been very ineffectual for the most part, and the offense has looked not like a Packers offense. And you're right, I think without that top-tier talent, man, I mean, right now I think if there was a team that would absolutely kill for OBJ to be healthy and available so they could make a run at signing him, the Green Bay Packers would absolutely kill for that that makes a lot right of now. sense. I don't think OBJ at this point in his career would ever go to Green Bay, Wisconsin. But I don't think he would either. And I think the bigger problem too is by the time he's available, I don't know how in the playoff picture they're going to be if they keep up the play that they've been on. I mean, that's a fair point as well. You know, and if he's a guy who wants to get another ring, you don't want to go to the team that's going to be sitting at the seventh seed at best. So, and, you know, on that note, I'm going Jets 24, Packers 21, and, oh, it hurts a little. But good for the Jets. I'm proud of them. Yeah. We'll, we'll see we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. All right, dude. This was fun, as usual. Uh, we'll be back next week on, uh, I, I think. Um, I'm planning on uh, if – if schedules permit, but I, I think we should be able to do what's Thursday night football next week. Let's see if the schedule makers, Nope. Saints Cardinals, another game no. that has, has the potential to be, uh, uh, that one does though feel like it could be so bad. It could turn good. Like that one does feel like it. It could be like chaotic fun. So let's let's. I mean, if there were two quarterbacks that could end up putting on the weirdest show possible, Taysom Hill versus Kyler Murray, like one of them might have a fumble recovery and a punt return touchdown, and the other one like or at that like a three-way combination of Taysom Hill, uh, Jameis Winston, and Andy Dalton. Yeah, we might have to do that. That could be glorious, honestly. What 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 a weird game that would be. Let's do third. Let's try to plan on meeting up Thursday night next week. Uh, and, and we'll talk about it then. Oh, and I guess we should talk about Broncos, Chargers. Psych! We no longer talk about the Broncos on this podcast because they are a fraudulent organization that only hurts me, and I do not love them. So I hope they, I you know, honestly, this is one of the toughest weeks of the year for me because I also love the Chargers. I know, which means the Broncos are going to win to really break your heart. Yeah, I'll be completely honest here. I'm rooting for the Chargers to absolutely embarrass the Broncos on Monday Night Football. That's what I'm rooting for. Uh, So knowing that the Broncos will probably win an ugly one in close faction and I'll overtime, a couple seconds left. And I'll have to deal with the national media saying, Oh, is Russ figuring this thing out? And then I'll maybe say something slightly positive and the rest of the world will dunk on me in three weeks when they lose another three straight. So uh, the cycle continues. I mean, I didn't want to talk about the Broncos. The Broncos don't want to talk about them. Just a bad organization, bad people, and they hurt me constantly. So to you and yours who run the Denver Broncos and who are a part of them, no thank you. You stop breaking my heart, please. Uh, I guess that's it. Uh, as you die laughing in the corner, uh, we sign off. Follow us on Twitter at EndZonePod. Follow me on Twitter at Eric18Utah. We'll be back.
Tuesday. Hopefully with Bradford. Bradford has been shockingly busy the past few weeks. I wonder if we'll get him back on this podcast ever. Uh, but plan on looking for an episode Tuesday or Wednesday next week as oh the Winnipeg Jets. What an absolutely gorgeous goal by Schaefer there on the power play. And that seems to be it for the New York Rangers. Down three one. Anyhow, have a great weekend and enjoy the football. We'll be back with Pioneer Pigs in Sunday morning. Look for that. Peace out.